Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back once again to In the Author's Corner with Etienne. I'm Etienne, your host, and I'm pleased and happy and excited to bring to you today a native Virgin Islander who's tracing his heritage. I'm referring to Rico Canero. Let's say hi and welcome, Rico. Good afternoon, Rico. Good afternoon, Etienne, and, and to everyone out there in cyberspace listening in. Thank you very much for being here today. I'm excited to hear what you have to offer us about the research you've been doing about Danish, West Indies, and black and white. But that's the title of your book. Yes. We'll get into that yes. in a minute. Yes. But tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you, well, please. Okay. I'd like to say my name's uh, my official name is Enrique, nicknamed Rico Canero, and uh, born and raised in the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, my family's uh, history dates back in Ireland about 200 years and um because of that you know exactly 200 years uh on all three islands st thomas st john and st croix so uh a a varied background but at the same time uh it it drove me to learn a little bit about each one of the islands and each one of my ancestors uh because we have history and culture in each one of the islands um you know wow growing up you'd hear all these stories about different things about history and and in, in the time when the islands were Danish and uh, you, you had that craving for, you know, how much of this is truth and, and how much of this is stuff that's been made up. And uh, over the years, you, yes. you learn that probably 20% truth, 80%, you know, stuff that's been made up. But what's even more interesting is the 20% that's truth is way more interesting than the 80% that was, you know, created <laughs> along the way. Okay. So is that what inspired you to write your book? Well, what kind of led uh, me to writing the book was uh, over the years, and when I say the years, I'm talking 20, 25 years worth of research. um, I compiled probably about 400 uh, first account books about Virgin Islands history, uh, a lot of videos, a lot of music, just tons and tons of information to the point where I pretty much have a whole library at my house just dedicated to the Virgin Islands wow. and Danish West Indies. Now, as you go around and try to share this information with family and friends, it's too massive uh, an undertaking. So yes. you have to consolidate it into a smaller, more uh, concise piece that you can share with people. And just the sheer volume of information is what kind of forced my hand to the point where I had to put it into a book form so that people could more easily digest uh, what I was trying to convey to them. Uh, and at the same time, uh, it made for a great story. It's interesting that you said all that. I didn't realize that you have so much material. Wow, it sounds like you have enough for a second, third, maybe even a fourth book. But in addition to that, it sounds like you have enough for a newsletter. Put it into little chunks and have people buy the newsletter from you, a one-page, uh, two-page newsletter. How about that? Well, I mean, what's great it, huh? is that 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. What's great in, in, in the family research or genealogical uh, forums is that as you're researching, you're coming across names and events and things that took place that right. interacted or with other Virgin Islanders that are also doing research. So we're constantly sharing information with each other. And we're sharing our books, we're sharing our papers, we're sharing our research to kind of help each other, you know, find those missing answers to questions that we have. Wow, wow, wow. So the title of your book is The Danish Question is in Black and White. Now, I can see, I can see the significance of black and white because I, um, I'm here in Ireland and I know what we're talking about. But for our audience, let our audience know, why did you choose that title? The Danish Question yeah, is in I, Black and White. Great question. Uh, black and white has nothing to do with race regarding black and white individuals. It has everything to do with the fact that okay. 100 years ago, almost all the images that we had were indeed in black and white. So in doing uh, my research, in, in addition to having 400 plus books, I have uh, quite an assortment of old black and white uh, postcards from the late 1800s and early 1900s, uh, which were the very first images wow. of the islands. And uh, as I had these stories about the different people, places, events, these postcards turned out to be the perfect complement to what I was doing. So as I was talking about Fort Christian, as I was talking about uh, things happening on Government Hill or in St. Croix or St. John, I could input these black and white postcards to show people what I was talking about. And and it just blended perfectly. Fantastic, so, fantastic. And I'm sure some of those black and white images are actually brown and white. Is that right? Because some of the technology few, in those days. Yeah. Correct, correct. Brown and white, um, okay. And, and, I thought so, I and, thought and so. Even, yeah, back then when uh, a tourist or a soldier, anyone had passed through the islands, um, it's not like today when everyone had a camera where you could just take a picture. Uh, yes. Back then, if you wanted uh, a keepsake or a memento or whatever, you would go to uh, one of the various bookshops and, and get either a stereo view or uh, an actual black and white postcard to show your family and friends back home what the islands look like. Right, uh, and just so happened that yes, turned exactly. out to be a great tool. Yeah, a great tool for those of us trying to do research. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put it on hold for a minute. And let me mention our number so if we have listeners who want to call in, they can reach us at 646-721-9611. Again, that number is 646-721-9611. And guess what? We have a caller in the line. Let's go ahead and take the call right now. Caller from area code 646. Go ahead and raise your questions or your comments. Hey, how are you? Val's on the line. Thank you. Thank you. Some of these postcards I've never seen anywhere still to this day. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I appreciate your, your kind words and compliments. And you yourself and through your family and your family's work have amassed an incredible assortment of images as well. So, you know, 
please feel free to share a little bit about uh, some of the images that you have because a lot of the images that you have have actually been converted into postcards, which in turn uh, are in my book. Yeah, I know. I love your book. I can't believe how I mean it's a it's the best history book I've ever seen. You've got coaling. Amazing. You've got the whole history of eighteen. Even I was learning something yesterday when I was reading it about eighteen twenty nine, and that it wasn't finished in eighteen twenty nine. It was like eighteen thirties, but they put eighteen twenty nine on the building. But all the church histories. I mean, oh my gosh, I was. uh, I love your book. I've enjoyed it ever oh, since I got it. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Our, Thank you. Our family's collection has, we have like all the boats that have been at the Creaky Marine Railway and all the invoices and the paperwork and the things like that, which is amazing. So one day I'll get organized and put it all together the way you have done, you know, so that everybody can enjoy <laughs> these historic images. But nice well, let me tell you, you the, the, Congratulations. Yes. Thank you, thank you. And let me tell you, I, I am also looking forward to your work because I know it's going to be at a minimum outstanding. You know, it's good to know. I got a lot of good stuff I haven't shared yet, but I can't uh-huh. write so fast. Oh my God! <laughs> Editing and writing—how do you ever finish anything? Just dictated. Dictated to our technology today. The dictation oh will, will drive and it for you. Wow, you guys are ahead of me. I'm just doing it one word at a time. Re-edit, re-edit, spell check, thesaurus, dictionary. Hey, well, Valerie, thank you again I'm for trying, calling I'm in. Trying. I want to I ask you something real quickly, Valerie. So, mm-hmm. yes, the vast majority of the book is based around the black and white postcards, but I did take some time to include other images that are uh, in, pictured in black and white, things like the uh, tokens that were used in the islands, oh, yeah. the postage stamps, the currencies, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Uh, and in you just giving us feedback, what do you think about those? How does, how does that help to tell our story in your words? Oh, with the money. Well, that was fascinating because I hadn't focused on that before. And, you know, everything tells a story, especially when you put it on a magnifying glass. So looking at those dollars and the weighted designs and the names and the faces, oh, no, it adds another piece of the puzzle. Only lately now I'm even getting into stamps and learning mm-hmm. about those. Wow. But I love the tokens. You know, I was wondering if my family even had a token. I see Beretta and a lot of other names, but I've never seen a creaky token. So, I know he had a shop at the time, but I don't know that he ever did this, you know. Well, I will be on the lookout for it. One of the stories I talk about in the book is regarding how uh, in the Virgin Islands, we had a postal system in place with post office and stamps long before the United States were were still using the the Pony Express to transport mail across the country. So in certain aspects, the the Danes and the Danish West Indies were far ahead of many places in the United States from that standpoint. Oh, yes. I've read how all the steamers would pick up the mail and even bring the news in the mail uh, all around the world. I mean, it was global. It, you yes. know, when wow. They weren't just writing wow. letters to a friend or relative in Trinidad or something. It was going all around the world. Well, wow. mm-hmm. let's back yeah. up a little bit, please. Please explain to our audience what you mean by token. How, what is a token and how was it used? Well, these tokens, you know, back in the days when they were coaling the ships, and this is how they were paying the workers. And um, and I was reading about the story too about how they were only redeemable at the at the company's shops. 
so it limited the workers as to where oh. they could send them. And then, of course, some of them were, you know, um, Mexican, or they were supposed to pay them in Mexican yeah. money, or, or they, they were supposed to pay them Danish money, but they were giving them Mexican, and when the Mexican coins devalued, they were still paying them on the old rates, and of course, you know, that's what caused the uprising, because oh, dollar for dollar, it wasn't yes. fair, you know. Yes, and that so is exactly right, Valerie. Yeah. There, there were about 23 different companies that we know of so far that issued the uh, merchant tokens uh, back then. And, uh, yes, you, you see um, the coaling uh, women going to and from the ships, and there's actually some videos that yes. will show the, the, the women actually being paid. They're, they'll walk by carrying uh, an 85 to 100-pound basket of coal on their head to then be handed one token as they went by. Uh, so that's one of the few times you actually see it uh, in, in, in process. Uh, but there were quite a few stores that if you bought something from them, uh, your change may very well be in the form of a token. Um, and I, I guess the same way a gift card would be uh, used at stores today, where you could use it, but you could only yeah. use it at that store. Uh, now, that was fine and dandy if you needed something from that store, but if you needed to buy bread or milk or sugar or whatever for your family, uh, mm -hmm. it might not be something that you can use. Uh, so there was a huge uprising rising in the Virgin Islands uh, regarding we don't want, you know, no tokens. We, we want cash, you know, cash for our hard work. Right, right. right. Amazing, you know, I recently, amazing. Sorry. I recently shared some other pictures about, you know, coaling. Because some people think it's just the Virgin Islands that had the coaling women. But it's not. I mean, Japan, St. Lucia, and all around the world, women were coaling these ships. I mean, Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you mentioned the, uh, the stamps that had uh, Mexico stamped on there. Uh, the Mexico is to di definitely differentiate uh, stuff that's valued on the U.S. gold standard versus the Mexican silver standard. When uh, General Santa Ana uh, left Mexico because he was uh, exiled from, you know, losing the Battle of, the battle of no. San Jacinto. No, 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 no. Excuse me, Rico. Go ahead. Excuse uh, me, Rico. He didn't leave Mexico. He ran away because he was He, he, he ran was away. You're exactly right. And he, he, <laughs> he took about a million dollars. Yes, 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 as quickly as he could. And he took about a million dollars worth of silver with him. And when he first came to the Virgin Islands, the islands, yeah, were glad to greet him because here's this wealthy individual bringing all this silver. Yes. Uh, but within six yes. years, uh, he started to devalue other currencies. So they said basically – uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And uh, he ended up leaving and, and moving on to other islands in the Caribbean. And, uh, His home was right above me. Two houses. Exactly. Two houses above yeah. me is where he, where he lived, where he moved into. Yes. Oh, so Valerie, this Correct. is nice that we can chit-chat. But, Val, i got to cut you because we are short on time. No we're going to have Rico back on a Saturday where we have more time. We'll talk oh, more about Virgin Island okay. history. Thank Good you luck. very much, Val, for calling in. Anytime. Thanks yes. a lot. Bye. Okay. Rico, we are definitely going to have yes. you have yes. you coming on a Saturday where we can talk more yes. about Virgin yes. Island history. It's great. Yes. Man, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm blown away by the research you've done, about the library you have in your home, about all this information. You could teach a course on this at UVI or anywhere. Amazing. You, you, 
So you know, um, and Valerie mentioned all the new images and stuff that she had. And one of the questions I'm often asked is, "How long did it take you to write this book?" Well, it it has taken me twenty. You to physically compile the information, it never ends because you're constantly getting new information. Now, the physical writing of the book took about a year, and with the centennial celebration this year of Transfer Day, uh, Denmark released. Uh, I forgot how many miles worth of, uh, of film and tape and images uh, worth of old Danish West Indies records. So uh, yes. I am within the next couple of months going to be uh, sending out uh, a new revised edition of the book that includes 50 new uh, images never before seen in the Virgin Islands before. So new images that are released from uh, Denmark uh, to help oh. enhance and, and better tell our story. It's been long overdue and, and long awaited. What's the uh, publishing company you use for the book? Right now, I prefer to self-publish for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is when you self-publish, you can control the content. You can control the pricing. You can control the distribution. Um, When you're going through a publisher – you're kind of at their mercy because they need to market and, you know, turn a profit based on what their goals are. When you're writing a book to talk about your story and your people and your ancestry, you kind of want to be able to control certain factors. So for me, cost is the number one thing, not cost for me because I've been fortunate enough to be blessed from a financial standpoint, but my readers. I want to make sure I can put copies of my book in my readers' hands as cost-effectively as possible. Uh, matter of fact, one of the very first right. things that I did before I ever sold a copy of my book, the first thing I did was donate copies of my book to every single public school in the Virgin Islands and to every public library. Good. I wanted to make sure that every child in the Virgin Islands had access to this information completely free of charge. And then I partnered with a number of uh, bookstores on St. Thomas and uh, St. Croix, to carry the book, and, and I make sure that although I'm giving them the book at a, at basically at cost, that they do have a markup in place so that they can turn a profit, but not so much so that it's beyond the reach uh, of, of the average uh, Virgin Island citizen. Yes, fantastic. And on top of all that, we want to have you back again on the other show where we talk about Virgin Island history for an hour on a Saturday. So keep that in the back. I would, I would be honored. That you will be back. I would be honored. Great, great, yes, great. thank you. The reason I asked about your publisher, you're welcome. The reason I asked about your publisher, that's exactly one of the reasons I want to bring to our novice and aspiring authors. Yes, we lose some control when we go to a publisher because they will make sure every picture you have, every image you have, everything you use in your book has copyright permission. And, of course, as yes. a self-publisher, you don't have to worry about that. You can you can publish as you so see fit. Now, if you hear noise in the background, I have to apologize. I'm sitting on my balcony in the Virgin Isles, and there's a seaplane just came in from St. Croix, and it's doing a turnaround. It just landed in our ocean, in the in the in the harbor, and it's doing a turnaround. So I do apologize for the interference. But moving on, so you self-publish, and you are your books are in the libraries and in the schools. That's fantastic. Now, yes, yes. When you were going through your research, did you come across any characters that were that stood out for you that, that caught your interest? 
that inspired you? You know, we in the Virgin Islands have had a, a host of incredible characters that have yes. Uh, yes. graced our shores and, and, and been born on the islands, and I'd love to touch on some of those. I'm going to touch on the one that impacted me the most just because it is my great-grandfather. Okay. Um, his name was Conrad Monero. Okay. And he was, uh, at one point, the president of the Colonial Council, uh, which is kind of like a Senate oh. in the Virgin Islands back during Danish West Indies time. Uh, he was the first president yes. of the actual legislature of the Virgin Islands. And he was also the president wow. of the St. Thomas Bank. So he, he was a gentleman that was very involved in the community. Uh, at one point during Prohibition in 1922, him and a delegation went to Washington, D.C. to fight for a right to continue to um, uh, create and, and, and promote and sell our, our liquor uh, because it was one of the, the main industries that we had at the time. In, in 1917, they sure. bought the islands from Denmark, and then in 1922, yes. here we are facing Prohibition. Um, so th- we needed some yes. exemptions made for the Virgin Islands so that we could function as a society. Uh, but just his lifelong he- commitment to the people of the Virgin Islands has really inspired me to learn more about him. Um, as far as the other individuals that have really inspired me, um, there's people like Benjamin Judah, who's a Virgin Islander that actually has his image on a U.S. $2 bill. It's Confederate currency. Uh, oh. Abraham Marco. Yes, yes. A lot of people don't know that, but there is a Virgin Islander, or Virgin Islander that has his image on U.S. currency. And we're not talking about Alexander Hamilton that was born in Nevis. We're talking about Benjamin Judah that was born in St. Croix. Um, Abraham wow. Marco, whose design for the, uh, the stripes, the 13 stripes, was incorporated in the American flag. So here you have a Virgin Islander that helped design the American flag. Uh, He escorted General George Washington from New Jersey to New York. Uh, You have people like Peter Jackson, the boxer, who was the colored world champion and at one point was the most famous black man in America. Uh, You have other individuals like William Leesdorf, that uh, he was a businessman that spoke eight languages and was the first black millionaire in uh, the United States. Uh, Madam C. Walker normally gets credit for that because they didn't consider him American because he was born in the Danish West Indies, but he was indeed the first black millionaire in the United States. Yeah. Uh, You have a gentleman, Mr. Koss Govern, that he was one of the the founders of Negro League Baseball. So, um, you know, when blacks couldn't play in the the white major leagues at the time, he was one of the founders of the, the Negro League Baseball. And then, of course, incredible people like artists, yeah, artist Camille Pizarro, who was born and and lived right there on Main Street on St. Thomas, that went on to be the father of Impressionist artists and work with famous people like Monet and Renoir and and Vincent van Gogh, to name a few. So we have such a rich and incredible history. And, you know, it's one of those things where we should have taken advantage of Transfer Day to tell more of these stories. But we did what we could do with the one year. But 2017 isn't over, so we're going to continue to, to, you know, talk about our many exploits over the course of the year and not let these these famous Virgin Islanders be forgotten. Exactly, exactly. Now you say your grandfather was the president of the bank, St. Thomas Bank. That's a bank by the Marcus Square, is that correct? Yes, that was the uh, Bank of St. Thomas and the St. Thomas Bank. And then before that, it was the National Bank of the Danish West Indies. 
And and yes, what is one of the weird little stories that I learned over the years um, is that because I'm actually in the banking business right now, I'm a, like a bank vice president without going oh. into too much. But my aunt okay. was a bank. Uh, yeah, my aunt was a bank president. My great uncle was a bank president. My great grandfather wow. and my great grandfather, but great great grandfather before that were presidents of the uh, St. Thomas Bank. And this is before I even got into the banking industry. I never even knew this. But just wow. over time, I started wow, wow, connecting wow. the dots. It's like, wait a second, what's going on here? Why, <laughs> oh why is this where? And I yes. don't know if it's because we like money or we're just good at numbers. But <laughs> <laughs> how about both? Uh, how about both? Okay. It, we're good at numbers. We're good at numbers. Okay. Okay. Now about a block away from the bank, going west, before we get to Catholic School, on what we call 75 Corner, there was a relative of yours who was a watchful pyramid. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, that was uh, Mr. Angel Canero, and uh, he had his watch Angel repair Canero, shop yes. on, on Main Street for, yes. for many years, and that was a wonderful spot to work, watch Carnival every year. Um, so I, I wow. envy the people down on – on the hot street as I was up there <laughs> with my grandfather's shop watch, watching all the festivities yes. go by. But but that's the way the islands were back oh then. My you know, the shops would be on the, wow, the first yes. floor, and then the residences would be on the second or oftentimes the third yes. floor. Yes, yes. Yes. So, wow, so, so we got to enjoy that little luxury. Mm-hmm. Wow. Rico, this is one of the most enjoyable, pleasant Book interview, author interview we've ever had, and I really can't thank you enough for being here. We got to our last four minutes. I have what I truly like to do enjoyed. Turn for a minute. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. I've, I'd like to turn I've for a minute and have you myself. share some tips, some suggestions for our, for our novice and aspiring authors who may be listening in. So, what tips or suggestions would you have for them about the discipline of becoming um, an author? I would have a couple of tips. One is write about what you're passionate about. If if, if you're just exactly. kind of interested in it, uh, it, it might not work for you. You have to be truly passionate about it because it's going to be something that it, it's your story, something that you're going to write about, something that you're going to invest your time, your energy, and your finances in. Uh, the other thing I would say, definitely know your audience. Um, if you're writing specifically for uh, Virgin Islanders, make sure you speak uh, in their voice to connect directly with them. Uh, and also keep in mind, if you're writing right. for Virgin Islanders, it may not necessarily be something that's going to be uh, a bestseller throughout the United States because that's not your audience. Um, however, uh, we do have incredible stories that have been told by a number of different individuals from the Virgin Islands that have you know, draw national and international attention. Uh, but the two biggest things yes. I would say is uh, write about what you're passionate about. Whatever you, you you just, when you go to bed at night and you think about it and you wake up in the morning and you think about it, that's what you're going to write about. Uh, and then secondly, know your audience. Speak directly to your audience. Talk to them right. as though you're one-on-one conversation in a room with them. Not that you're talking to thousands of millions of people. You're talking to them one-on-one. Sure. That would be my advice. One-on-one, that's good. Good. And then another, another quick question as, as a tip. What was your writing style? Did you choose to write a certain number of words per day, per week, or did you choose another format? I wrote until I was exhausted. 
I wrote until okay. my wife okay. said, get off the computer and go to bed. Um, and that was a good sign <laughs> because it meant it meant the passion yes. was still burning. It was still there for the next day. Yes. I never had it at a point where I felt like I have to go write a certain amount today or a certain amount tomorrow. I, I, I just kind of let it flow. And, you know, it's kind of like when you get into a groove or a baseball player gets into a streak or a basketball player, everything they throw up goes in. Once you're in that groove, you stay there as long as you can because when you get out of it, a lot of times it's very difficult to get back in. Fantastic. Well, Rico, I can't thank you enough for taking time to be with us today. We learn a lot about the Virgin Isles, more specifically Danish West Indies. We know about some of the contemporary events going on in the island and locations. Thanks a lot. We definitely will have okay. you back to spend more time about the Danish West Indies. But all in all, I guess this was a well-rounded history as well as author education for listeners who are aspiring in novice office. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Any last and closing thoughts? Uh, thank have? you very much for, for offering this platform for us to get out and have a voice. Uh, it's very much appreciated. I'm yeah. sure there's lots of other people out there listening that are thinking, you know, um, I'm a little bit scared to speak up or whatever. Just just be brave. Just be bold. Just go for it. And um, let your passion Take shine through. All right. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Rico. Thank you very much okay. for being here with us today. And most enjoyable. Okay. Have a good day now. Thanks again. You too now. Bye-bye. Take care now. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Folks, that's it. Thank you. We have an author. You can be an author too.